What's good, fam? Hope you're doing well. Welcome to the podcast station where we go live every week. And this week, we have an amazing guest. So, you guys buckle up, get ready. Here we go. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, to make sure I was nice and early, so I had to turn off all my different devices, close out of my social media. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> You are now welcome to the We Don't PlayStation. Welcome to the Playroom. Okay, okay. How are you? I'm great. Good Monday. Started out a little busy, but you know, that's Mondays, right? Exactly. Mondays is always a busy, busy... I don't know what it is, but everybody's like, Monday, okay. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Um, I've just learned to cut down on... Um, I leave room now for pop-ups, if that makes sense. Before, I used to schedule it out, and then I would find pop-ups and interrupt the schedule. So now I just I plan a couple of things, but I leave room for a lot of, like, overflow. Okay, okay. Yeah. Definitely. I, I don't want to butcher your name because my name keeps getting butchered every day. So please tell me how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's Aye. It's Aye. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice to meet you, Aye. Same here, same here. Yeah, shout out to Podmatch too because that's how we were able to connect and I always give a shout out where it's due. And I'm definitely looking forward to this call because this podcast is all about real life. So feel free, you know, express yourself because there's a lot that we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, let people know who you are. Um, okay, so let me do the official bio thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> So I call it an official bio thing. So my name is Aye Brady. I know everybody wants to like pronounce it differently, but it's Aye. Real simple, people. Don't don't overthink it. And I am a um, licensed associate professional counselor here in um, Georgia, and I'm also the founder of My Therapist Is Black. It's a platform for therapists of color, whether you're Hispanic or Latin or Black or African, whatever, to basically connect, collaborate, and network. And through My Therapist is Black, we offer um, therapist matching services. So if you're looking for a therapist or you're looking for a coach or whatever it is, a mental health services professional, you can contact us and we'll connect you with one. And we also offer like coaching and uh, marketing and branding for therapists as well. So that's that platform. And then beyond that, I have my own private practice here in Georgia. And I do a lot of volunteer work, a lot of advocacy, um, contracting. I do um, wellness, corporate wellness training um, for corporations who, you know, people going through it. Let's just be honest, right? Who want to help their employees to be well um, all around. So that's me. And then I'm a mom. I call myself AJ's mom because that's what his friends call me. Uh-huh. I don't have a name. I'm AJ's mom. Aw, that's nice. That's really, really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, amazing. That's a that's a huge profile because therapy is something everybody needs, even though they think they don't need it. So I I don't know how's your experience been before we even get deep into the conversation as far as therapy in general. Well, therapy's sexy now. I don't know if you knew, but we come up in the world. We be sexy now. It's like you know how people do their cover of the sexiest man of the year, yeah. Right? That's what therapists are. We that cover right now. Black therapists is that cover. Therapy sexy, but we the sexiest. And I, <laughs> and I make a joke out of it because I think that people are just starting to discover that 
all therapists are not the same, right? Okay. That black therapists have a level of competency within our community. Most of us, once again, we're not all the same. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes there's a difference between an African-American therapist and an African therapist. Because you have to understand the culture of the people you're working with. So... As an African person myself, if I go into therapy and I say, listen, I'm having problems with my mom or my family, they're always in my business, it's always an issue, and I'm just really struggling to balance that. And as you are African-American therapist, if you tell me, well, you just need to separate yourself and just set boundaries for them, that's not registering to me because African families are very, what, communal, Mm. right? So it's not going to work that I'm going to say, don't come in my house, I'm not going to talk to you. Right. But what if you understood me, some things you could say is maybe don't tell your mom certain things. Right. right? Maybe, you know, there, there are ways. So that's why I say about culturally competent therapists. So a lot of black people complain. When I say black people, I'm talking about all of us, right? All, all of us that kind of fit into the, the non-white stereotype, right? Yeah. A lot of them complain about going to a therapist and the therapist not understanding them. Mm. They, they have to explain too much about their culture because they haven't taken the time to really get to know the culture. Right. So when you see a black therapist, I have a saying, I said, what's understood don't need to be explained. It's just that simple. Yeah. I don't have to tell you about me because we get it, you know? And I don't want to spend my therapy session explaining my culture to you. I want you to get it so we can work on me getting better, me healing, me getting to a point where... I can do that. But yeah. if I gotta come to me here and explain to you, then I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna want, you know? And a lot of people complain that therapists just write and they go like this. That's white therapy. Sorry about offending anybody, but that's not black therapy. And I say that to say that we're engaging people, we engage in conversation. Now, as a therapist, I don't give advice and I don't allow you to vent the session. Because you could vent to your homegirls and your homeboys, right? Right. And you could go to them for advice. A therapist is a leader, is a guide. A therapist walks with you. It's like you're the driver, they're the passenger, and together you work. So you might be going left, but they're like, all right, maybe that's not where you want to go. Maybe you should, you know what I'm saying, turn a little bit right. But they guide you. If you choose to go left, they're not going to judge you. They're not going to fault you, but they're going to work with you to get you back on track. So that's, the, that's sort of the difference, and I don't think a lot of people know that's what therapy is. Therapy is an opportunity for you to tell somebody something, they help you, they don't judge you, and you come out feeling better. Mm. So the outcome is to make sure that the person that got into it feels better when they leave, rather than feeling more confused. Exactly. They feel better, they feel like, you know, if, if you don't know what triggers you, right? So everybody has triggers. I don't know where we ever learn that you don't have a trigger we all have right. a trigger right yeah. and that trigger could be something as simple as hearing a gunshot you know they say people have PTSD and so around um, like military veterans with PTSD so around um, what's that 4th of July when people are doing fireworks yeah. a lot of veterans will put headphones on or they put music on or they'll go somewhere quiet right yeah. because those sounds trigger the memory of being in war Oh, right? yeah. Um, I once used to know this guy, and he, God, he spent many years in the military. And we were, I met him in the airport, and we were just like, you know, we were on a connected flight, it got canceled. And so we started chit chatting, and I found out he had been in the military for probably about 20 years at that point in time. And so he had been through several wars. He had lost his son in, at that time. He had lost both his parents. Like, there's so many tours of duty he had done, and he had lost, you know what I'm saying, lost human members. Yeah. And, you know, he was just saying, like, the different things that triggered him and got me to thinking, how many of us got really have triggers, 
right? It, it could be a word, it could be a sound, it could be a situation. Like, you ever heard somebody just really go off and you say one thing to them or you heard them really cursing and carrying on somebody says one thing to them? Mm-hmm. It's because that thing triggered a memory in them. They don't know how to cope with it. So the most natural is to explode. And react. And react. So when you go to a therapist, you, like they say, you learn to calm down. You learn that everything is not worth a reaction. And you learn how to react. No one's saying you won't all of a sudden you go to a therapist and now you're like, oh, okay, say whatever you want to me. No one's like that. But a therapist will at least teach you to control your emotions. If you can't control your emotions, then, then your emotions control you. Then anyone can control you. Because yeah. I can say anything to you. It could trigger you. I could do anything to you. It could trigger you. But if I know how to control my emotions, I know... Let me walk away from this person because I'm about to snap. Let me use my coping skills, whether it's emotion freedom technique of tapping yeah. or mindfulness to help me to, you know, release that emotion in a comfortable way. Let me go take a walk. Let me call somebody on the phone. That's what I mean by trigger. So when you know that, and that's what that's what therapists do. That And that's just like this much of the iceberg. Mm. You know, some therapists do trauma they do intensive healing they do hypnotherapy some of them include um, alternative holistic medicine in their in their in their services so you know therapy is not fraud anymore not somebody sitting on the chair you laying on the couch and you tell me a whole life story and they said i see you next week that's not therapy right exactly and i also think it, there's a big difference between responding and reacting and when you react it's as though you have been like let's say you touch fire you react because that's your reaction that's your fast reaction but responding is okay there's a fire what do i do you know so there's that kind of level maintenance that is actually obtained when you know what is happening and you know how to control it so leading on to my first question for you and for your clients how do you how do you manage your mental health because <laughs> i can imagine the amount of stress you can get through that's a tough one. So it's a, it's a two-part question, right? Yeah. So let's start with my client's mental health because when you pay a professional, you're coming to them for a service that you are expecting. And you're coming to them because you are in some sort of uncomfortability or pain or something's happening that you know you need to work on. Yeah. It's something that has repeated itself. It's most likely a pattern that you didn't notice. And then you suddenly start noticing it because things shift in your life, right? Right. And so I think that when we look at that, we start to think, okay, this is a real challenge for me. I need to work on it. So now you come to, let's say you come to me and we decide that, you know, I was offer a complimentary session because I need to see, am I the right person for you? And can I effectively help you manage your mental health? Because I can do more damage to you if, I don't, if I'm not competent, mm. right? And so as we're talking, I'm like, okay, you know what? This person is great. Or you know what? I need to refer out. So if I decide to take you on as a client, I'm aware of what I'm getting into. I'm aware of what I'm getting ready to uncover. And so I have to hold the space for you. I have to be there with you through that emotional journey. Maybe like no one else was there for you, yeah. right? And you share vulnerable moments. I have to be okay with you crying, probably yelling, getting up and walking around. Like I have to be okay with all of those things to know that this is part of your healing journey. Mm. And then I have to use competent interventions to help you to deal with each part that you presented. Now, understand, some clients will come to you for service, 
and they would have been, I don't know, had experienced a trauma, maybe somebody put a gun to their head or something like that. But they don't want to deal with the fact that their boyfriend cheated on them. They won't want to deal with, you know, they may have been abandoned as a child and now they don't trust people and now they're inviting people who take advantage of them. Mm. But they don't want to talk about that. They only want to talk about this. Those clients, unfortunately, we can't do that because the reason you're having this issue is because of this issue. It's okay not to know why you're having an issue, but to not want to address it, we can't. It, it serves you and me no purpose because then we're just playing. We're like chasing the tail of the dog. You know what I mean? How the dogs chase their tail? It's just that's what we're doing. Right. And so for me, I think I'm very honest with my clients. Um, I also require my clients to see me for six sessions when we first start because I don't think anything get accomplished if you see me here, there. There's nothing happening. It's a waste of both of our time. Mm. That's one. Um, and then how do I handle my mental health? I have my own own therapist. I actually need another therapist um, because my therapist moved out of state. So. I have my own therapist. I do my own work. I do my meditations every morning. I read my affirmations every morning. I hold space for myself to be accountable. I pray morning and night. Um, throughout the day, I'll just ask you know, my ancestors, God, to just help me to, to carry on. And then I'll shake it off. You know, I'll, do dan- I'll dance around the house, or in, in this case, the house is the, the office is now the house because we are home. Right. You know, I'll dance it off. I'll do my tapping technique. I'll call my girlfriends. I may not talk about my clients, you know, personal issue, but I'm like, oh, girl, I had a rough day today. I had like five clients and it was so emotional, you know, because I want to respect my clients' privacy. So I'm not going to tell their business, but I can say I had a tough day today. So mm. I may vent on them, right? I work while I was working out on, you know, before I got sick. And so it's like, you have to handle your own mental health. Yeah. And then I have to catch myself when I recognize I'm overworking. Right. So if I'm overworking, like I was saying to you earlier, I had to take um, I had to schedule a few things on Mondays and let the, let the day flow because I had clients back to back to back to back to back. This morning, I started my day at eight o'clock and it's been going since then. It probably will be going to maybe nine thirty tonight, maybe 10 o'clock before I shut down. And then, you know what I mean? Focus on renewing my mind. So, yeah. I have a process, and if you don't, if you don't have a routine, you're not gonna survive in the profession. You're going to burn out. So does every therapist have a therapist? If that makes sense. They better. They better. <laughs> wow. When I don't have one, fire them. Because who <laughs> they? How are they dealing? Exactly. There's no man's an island. If a therapist tells you I don't need a therapist, you need to be like this. Mm. How are you managing this? Right? How are you managing this? Like, yeah. you can't be talking to your girlfriends because you know it's a professional. Do doctors have surgery on themselves? So why is it you wouldn't go to another therapist? You need a therapist. You know what I mean? Like, doctors don't um, um, have um, procedures on themselves. It is just, it's, it, it, it's a professional liability for you not to have a therapist. As a matter of fact, before I started my graduate program, they made us go to therapy. They wouldn't accept us until we went to therapy. Oh, that's a requirement. That was a requirement, yes. And some graduate schools require you to to, to, to maintain a therapist while you're in graduate school. Mm. Got to deal with your own ish. You can't sit in a session and, you know, I once had a, a, a client <clears throat> and I, when I tell you her life mirrored my life and I was looking like, did God do test to see if I healed this? 
her life mirrored my life. And so imagine if I had not healed, I would have damaged that woman. Whoa. Because I would have been giving her my hurt and my my hurt and my wounded advice. Yeah. I would have been not helping her to see the patterns and explore deeper. I would have been instead, you know what I mean, giving her my stuff. I wouldn't have been able to help her heal. So it's like so extra that's baggage. Why you deal with yeah. yeah, so extra baggage is just not healthy because it's it doesn't help ni- neither of you. No, it doesn't. And, and, and who wants to go into therapy with their own stuff and come out with somebody else's stuff? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, what did I pay for? <laughs> yeah, you go in the grocery store, you buy your groceries, and you get somebody else's groceries too. Like, you ain't going there for that. Like, exactly. That right. Yeah. So let me know and let let the people know too. What is the best advice you have for someone struggling right now? Because anybody could be going through anything, and it's respectfully something that they can be able to handle or not handle. So being in this profession for this many years, just tell them what they can do right now as they as they listen and how they can cope with it. If you are really going through something right now, my first advice is to go to a therapist, right? Because obviously I'm a professional. I'm always going to recommend you go to a professional. But I will say this. I I will say I will give you a couple of resources, right? First and foremost, everybody's not ready for therapy. And when I say that, I mean that if you're not ready to do the work, don't waste your time and that therapist's time. But what you can do is you can check out some mental health resources. NAMI, which is the National Association of Mental Health, um, I think professionals or individuals, NAMI has resources. You can just search in mental health resources and you can find some resources. You can do some self-help book. Amazon has some really great self-help books. Um, journaling. Journaling is a huge part of minding your mental health. Okay. Start writing down what is bothering you. Start writing down every day what type of day you're having and start noticing the patterns in those days. Mm. Um, A practice that I utilize for myself and whenever I get off of it, I find that, you know, I become sort of like this person who is ungrateful. I use radical gratitude where I take a journal and I write down, I'm grateful for my feet because they keep me grounded. Yeah. I'm grateful for my hands because they allow me to feel. I'm grateful for my breath because they allow me to, you know what I mean? Like you, you write down the things that you're grateful for. That is not my car, my house, my clothes. Like that doesn't matter. Those things that without them, none of the other things could have existed. Exactly. Right? Um, and then, you know, not get, th- understand the difference between therapy and therapeutic. There's a lot of therapeutic things online. Like I said, journal is therapeutic, meditation is therapeutic, eating your chakras cleared or Reiki sessions are therapeutic, right? Listening to a meditation is therapeutic. A lot of therapists don't offer therapy on their Instagram and their Facebook, but a lot of therapists go live and they give you they give you things that you can use to help you when you're feeling down, right? Mm-hmm. Or when you're really going through it. So if you are that person who was, you know, having a hard time balancing your life and managing your life, find some therapists on Instagram, Facebook, follow them, follow along as they inspire you every day. And then to take it to the professional level, um, if you are feeling suicidal, call the National Suicide Hotline. Don't play with that. If you have a family member who's threatening suicide or is feeling suicidal, call the National Suicide Hotline. Let them get some help. You can also go to a psychiatric hospital if you're feeling suicidal or you feel like you might want to harm yourself. They will take you immediately. They will do an assessment. They will take you. A lot of cities and states have what we call community mental health agencies. Just look up a community mental health agency. A lot of times if you are underinsured or don't have insurance or have Medicaid, they will take you and also do an assessment with you. 
give you a therapist and give you additional resources, okay. right? Um, then you have like your low cost therapy, which is um, all of us kind of agree to do sliding scale fees. And that sliding scale, depending on how low the person is, could be as low as $30 a session to about 65, 75 a session, right? Um, Open Path Collective, I don't know if it's .com or .org, it's called Open Path Collective. You go on there and you fill out your information and they will connect you with a therapist that can meet your needs. Then there are the therapist directories. A lot of them are not so good. Um, some of them are good. Um, then there's stuff like other like talks, talk places that are online that you can reach out to for, for, for therapy. Um, and then of course you can reach out to me. Um, I have my therapist is black on Instagram and um, I have a matching service. I'm actually getting a website done now so people could just be able to put their information in and match. But for right now, we're just using a Google form. Okay. So those are just some things that you can do immediately to get some relief, get to a professional. Don't hurt in silence is what I will say because it will tear you up. It's like a emotional pain is like cancer, right? It eats you up and it makes you feel worse. And the other thing I will say even further than that is that emotional pain relates to physical pain. Most people don't know that. Physical pain relates to emotional pain. If you hold things in your body for too long, it starts to create cancers and different diseases. And it's because emotionally you have suppressed it for so long. Mm, that's deep. Most people don't think about that. That's deep. Yeah. Mm. So those are just, you know, it, it's, it's not enough. <laughs> To say, yeah, you know, I, people love to tell you get over it. No, most people don't get over it. Most people are in pain and they, they stay quiet, but they don't actually get over it. So don't let nobody tell you to get over something that you know has been causing your problem, whether you were molesting when you were a child or, you know what I mean, or, or you were raped or you were abused or, you know what I mean, or even you, you experienced microaggression at work, you know, or you were gaslighted, as we say, or, you know, you just never got over a breakup. Um, those are some real things. I don't know how many people watch um, WandaVision. That's that um, is the new show from Marvel that's on Disney um, Disney Plus. And in the show, Wanda's grief is a is is the show. It's the living, breathing thing. Like in her grief, she literally took a whole town hostage, and so she can have a life with Vision, who's dead. We learned in Black Panther, I mean, not in Black Panther, we learned in, in Avengers that Vision died. And the body or whatever the thing was taken apart and she literally brings it back to life and creates this fictional town to have this life with him. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that people do things that are that drastic when they're, when they're in pain. It does not have to be grief, but a lot of us are grieving. We're grieving a lost love, whether that person died or they left us. We're grieving the job we didn't have. We're grieving some of us. Some people are grieving the opportunities that they missed. Some people are grieving, you know, the chance that they didn't take. Right. Some people are grieving the job that you know they never got, and they don't think about it. Just keep going. You just keep adding and adding and adding. Eventually, what's going to happen? The cup overflows. Yeah. And when the cup overflows, that's when the flood comes, mm. and you can't contain that flood. So that's my whole. My whole thing as to why find somebody, a coach, a therapist, find somebody to help you. What if there are 
introverts or maybe they're just like you know there's some people who just don't like talking because they just don't talk to people in general not even because of the problem they have but because they just generally don't like people there are people like that so how do, like that. right so how do they deal with that if they can't come out of their own shell art therapy what, play therapy what's that not just for kids by the way so art therapy is the opportunity to express yourself without using your voice and you don't have to be an artist the art therapist um will pick themes for you um and you know or you're together y'all will pick themes and then you will decide what you want to depict and oftentimes it's easier to draw it out or even write in therapy than it is to speak it out we have to meet people where they are and not where we want them to be right Correct. and so if you are a therapist and you have a practice that allows people to have these different modalities it helps them to be better than if you have a practice that just has this one modality mm. right um and then there's play therapies it's a whole association it's a lady her name is althea gibson a simpson i think it's althea simpson she's in the dmv the dc maryland virginia area and um she has the black play therapist association and she um is a supervisor and play therapy is a series that's a whole nother certification it takes a long time to get your hours to become a play therapist and so play therapists help people to express their feelings through play I used to at one point be a teacher and um, so I had opened a STEM enrichment center and we used to use Legos and I remember the parents used to say, you want me to pay you $200 um, for an eight week session just for you to play with Lego with my, with, my, with my kid? I'm like, we're not playing with Legos. We're learning through Legos. We're using Legos as a way for me to teach your kids engineering skills, math mm. skills, real life skills. So it's the same idea, right? They, they use sand and which so is like the little sandbox and you make lines and figures in the sand you represent things and you put figures in certain places they represent things you know they use lego for trauma for people like who can't like people who are on the autism spectrum and adhd spectrum right they can't really verbalize themselves into to comprehension yeah. they use those different things so regardless of who you are therapies for you there is a therapist out there but i think we need to talk about the different kind of therapy that exists for people to fully understand the spectrum. Yeah, because people just think therapy is, oh, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, wait it out. But I mm-hmm. never knew there was something called art therapy. You know, people express themselves through art and then they leave it on the paper, they leave it on the canvas just because they know that yeah. they've let that emotion out of their system. Yep, there's a way. There's a way that there's even therapy where your therapist does like um, like physical therapy with you, like as in going for a walk, right? Before COVID, obviously, it was something if you were close to a therapist, they would do a, a walking therapy group. Okay. Or you can be where you are and y'all can walk and talk on the phone or video or whatever. That helps people to get their emotions out as well, right? Mm. So uh, there's this movement therapy. There's a guy on. Um, I remember, I think I met him on Clubhouse, and he does hip hop therapy with hip hop lyrics. So the therapists out here are very innovative, but we don't do enough of educating the audience about what's available. Wow! More people will do if they knew it was available. Imagine doing movement therapy and hip hop therapy and art therapy and play therapy. And that's just that's amazing ways to to get that stuff out and out of your body and into the world without having to talk necessarily 
Exactly. And that that that's a very good point you brought out there because when somebody can't speak what they feel and they can express it, now you, the professional, can take in and see where they need to actually fit in to now get that emotion out their system for them to live a better life and a more healthy mindset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we, we as therapists, we have to do the community a better, a better service. And that service is we have to educate the community about what's available, what we offer, what they can take advantage of, um, what that, what type of therapists offer what? Because you have your social workers, you have your professional counselors, you have your psychologists, you have your psychiatrists. Everybody offers something within the same realm, but something different. And you have your nurse practitioners, which manage medication for those who need it. So there is something for everybody there, but it's been such a big secret and such a big stigma. It's been like a no, 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 we don't want to know. So now the community needs to know and the therapists are not... They're so used to not, you know what I mean, being the best kept secret. They don't know how to get out there. Mm. And speaking of towns, this is a, a little bit softer on the topic. If you could be anywhere in the world right now, right now, where would you be? Ooh, probably in Dominican Republic somewhere. I want some, <laughs> I want some sand, some water. I don't know. I've been looking at my nice rugged backyard and thinking, oh, that's nice. But I would love to dip my feet in the ocean <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. You know, sit on the beach somewhere and just relax, you know, because this, this, uh, I don't know. 2021 hit us real. 2020 hit us real hard, and I think all of us are kind of still like a little side eye in 2021. We're not really quite sure. Remember, we was excited, right? And then March came, and it was like boom. Oh, what just happened? It was like the earth shook. You know what I mean? And it's like we're all kind of like I don't know if I could trust you yet. 2021. So <laughs> if I could go anywhere, like I definitely would. I was laughing. My sister had been so adamant she wanted to take the vaccine. I was like, Hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then the opportunity came for me to sign up for the vaccine, and I signed up for it. And she was shaking her head. She's so mad at me because. She doesn't have the opportunity to take the vaccine, but I do because I'm in the front lines and mm. I'm you know, a, a therapist working with people. And so I'm like, yeah, I need to take the vaccine so I can go somewhere. I, it doesn't mean that I get the free reign and do whatever I want, but at least I know I'll be, you know, a little bit more protected. And that's not to convince anybody to take it because I had to convince myself to say, okay, you know what I mean? Do you want to take this? You know how it is, but... Yeah. Oh, I don't care. I would go to a beach in Africa somewhere, lay down in the Caribbean somewhere, just to dip my toes in the water, get some sand under my feet, <laughs> get some sun on my face. You know what I mean? And yeah. just get that breeze going. And for maybe for just three or four days, no stress. That's therapeutic already. <laughs> that is very therapeutic. Just the thought of it makes me happy, right? Like my whole face lit up when you said that. Like yeah. it just was like like I can feel the breeze blow like I'm very good at visuals so like I do this thing with my clients where it's called five senses it's like what do you see what do you what do you feel what do you touch what do you taste and they're always like giving me where it looks so I, I do it first I model and I do it after them and so I'm, I yeah. got so good at it like you said where would I be I literally can taste the food in Jamaica Dominican Republic I can feel the sand under my toes I can feel the, the chill of the water like all of that you can just feel it because it's, it's very therapeutic and Sometimes you just close your eyes and do that for 10 minutes in the state. And when you come back, 
you're able to better face the world. So you're able to better face your problems, make better decisions. Yeah. And even as a therapist, you know, in the professional field, do you advise your clients to actually take these excursions? I know COVID is around the corner, but in terms of just going out, going on a shopping spree, something that takes you away from that pressure, is that something you advise them or that's entirely up to them? That's entirely up to them, but I do advise them to take breaks. Where they choose to take that break as up to them. Um, before COVID, obviously, we would tell clients, check into a hotel, just you, just a day of rest, um, relaxation, watch TV, order room service, do nothing else. Yeah. Right? Um, or if you can, take a short trip. You know, I have a friend who... Um, she was like, I need a break. And so even during COVID, she left her daughter and her husband at home. And she took a trip to um, one of these cities. I think it was the, whatever city the Mall of America is in. Is that Minnesota? I think it's Minnesota. And she took okay. a trip there for the weekend. I'm not really sure either. She took a trip there for the weekend, came back with too many bags that she needed to have. But <laughs> she was able to just stay in the hotel, order room service, went shopping, came back and was like a different person. And her husband and her daughter was just... They were so happy, like that she was able to get away because I think that moment of getting away and that clarity of being by herself made her a better mom, a better wife when she came back. And so think about how much could be, even if you just stayed at home and you stayed in bed for the day, you know, um, when you have kids now, you know, you can't really do this, they'll never leave you alone. <laughs> but if you can escape them and you just go somewhere for a day and just, just be, just relax. Maybe not get up so early on a Saturday morning for once, you know? Yeah. And just kind of relax. Or maybe not go to sleep so late on a weekday and just meditate and pray and be calm. Or maybe drink some tea and in that few minutes that you have that warm mug in your hand, you just kind of sit there and you do some deep breaths. All of those are escape. Mm. I like that. I really like that. And even on the flip side, because we've talked about different expressions what would you say would be a lesson that you've learned or lessons you've learned from failure because that that's something that we all go through but we all learn from them so for you especially dealing with clients maybe the expressions you've had maybe someone yeah. just didn't have you maybe you had a bad day and that person just made it worse you know and then they, like you mentioned reacting and responding how have you learned through that process to make sure that you can contain that with my clients, I will say I haven't been triggered. I, I, I could knock on wood or whatever um, and say I haven't been triggered. Now, have I been to the point where I'm thinking in my head, um, didn't we talk about this a couple of weeks ago? Haven't we been down this path a couple of times? Yes. Mm. I do have that feeling in my head like, we just talked about this not too long ago. We just made this decision. You're going right back to where you were, you know, or a client who makes a decision, they're doing really well, and then boom, they're back to where they were before. And you're thinking, this can't be very real. You can't be back to doing the same thing, but that's human nature, right? Yeah. And so you kind of let it go. But as far as the, the failure part, I mean, I have failed in business a lot. Um, I have fallen way, way down. It's like, you know, imagine you're on like, you know, a ladder, you're all the way like towards the top and it's not even a soft fall where you fall maybe a little bit and get up, but it's like you go all the way back to the bottom and you start all over again. I've had those type of epic failures. And, but what you learn from failure is it's not the failure, it's the getting back up. It's not even the movement. It's just getting back up is important because 
when you're down there, the world looks different than when you're standing up. Yeah. Even if you're not climbing again or walking, just standing gives you a different feel than when you are down there. When you're down flat on your back, on your butt, however way you fall on your knees, you it's a different emotion that, that you are not able to see what the possibilities are from down there. Right. When you stand up and you say, I may not be able to do it right now, but I'm just going to stand firm in this spot right here. It's a different feeling. You know, and I heard Warren Buffett said he will not invest in any business where the owner has not failed. Because that means the owner can't have success. You need failure for success. Yeah. Fail forward, fail often, and move on. Exactly. That's my advice. Speaking of being grounded, what would you say are the daily practices that keep you grounded? Believe it or not, if you can, walking on grass or walking on dirt. Explain that. You come from from dirt. (laughs) Right. Dirt is what feeds you. The food that we, well, at least it's supposed to, right? The food we eat is supposed to be grown in the ground. Like the good food, Correct. your greens and your vegetables and stuff are grown in the ground. Yeah. The other things we add, like our meats and stuff like that, yeah, but the rest of that stuff is grown in the ground. And so you come from, it says, from, from dust you came, from dust you shall go. From ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Right. Come from there, ground yourself by standing on the ground. Bare feet on the ground taking some deep breaths, raising your hands up, yeah. giving praise to your to, to the universe, to God, your ancestors, whatever you believe in, do that. As if, if you can do that a few times a month, try that. That's one grounding exercise. Meditation is a great grounding exercise. Now, let me be clear. When I say meditation, I don't mean sitting down going, that's not what I mean. Meditation is a moment of pause. It's a moment when you block out the rest of the world and you sit with yourself. Yeah. Like I said, having drinking a bottle of water could be a moment of meditation. Lighting a candle and being still could be a moment of meditation. Mm. Visualization, which is if, if you ever know somebody to want something and get it and they get it and they said to you, I manifested this. It's because they visualize themselves having it. Yeah. They, they've seen it. They, you know, everything, the Bible tells you, you must see it and believe it and feel it to get it. Correct. So if you learn to get in that feeling of, of it, let's say you want a new car, right? So I have a fascination for um, the G-Wagon, right? And, and I like expensive cars, right? I want a, 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 a Porsche too. So I can visualize my G-Wagon. I can see like a titanium blue, for example. Mm. I can see the wood trims, right? I can see the butter leather seats, right? I can see me telling my son, don't bring no food in here because you ain't messing up my truck, (laughs) right? Right. I can see, you know, I I can see the cell phone thing right there so that, you know, I can talk and drive. I can see myself driving through the city you know what I mean? In, in, in my truck. Like I can see and feel myself in the seats and adjusting myself, my body in the seats and setting my my mood in the seat. Yeah. I can feel the leather beneath my back. Mm. I can smell the new car set. That's grounding. That's visualization. That's bringing me into focus on the data which I seek. Right? Most people don't do that. 
I also have a Buddha like in front of my fireplace and it sits there on the purpose of reminding me no matter what happens in that day, find a few moments to give thanks. Even if it's just to say, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all my challenges and troubles that lead to success and realizations. Say thank you. Thank you. Extreme gratitude is grounding. It brings anything that brings you back from where we tend to go as humans, right? We get involved in ourselves, our ego take over. Yeah. It's grounding. I'll always be somebody who seeks to give. I always seek to give. I always seek to be of service before I ask to receive. Because if you get into that thing of giving, then you will be able to receive. Um, this morning, someone called me and they asked me for some help. And it was a stranger. Somebody didn't know somebody referred them to me and I was helping them. And I said, yeah, I'm going to reach out to you and do this. And she goes, well, how much is the service going to cost? So I can say, I said, no, it's not, it's not a service. I'm helping you because it's information I have and I feel I should be of service. Exactly. And she was so taken aback. She was like, no one has ever just helped me to be helping me. I said, well, I don't know why because... It does not take anything off of me. It doesn't stop my day. It takes a few minutes. It may even take an hour, but that's an hour where I get to help another human being because that's an hour I'll probably be on social media anyway. Right. So now I get to be of service. So all of those things for me is therapeutic and is grounded and it brings me back to myself. Music is grounding. You know, writing poetry is grounding. Writing my journal is grounding. So those are just some ways that the lay person at their desk can ground themselves. You know, putting your, I teach my clients, put your fingers together, you know, let them touch. Because what you're doing is you're, you're enhancing the muscles in your fingers, but also your nerves are sending a signal to the rest of your body to relax. How do you do that? So like this? Yep, yep. You put it like this and you uh-huh. tap it. One, two, three. 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 And you go like that three times. You send the signal to the rest of your body. You need to relax. Mm. So those, and that's something you can do at your desk. Nobody can see your fingers when it's underneath your desk doing whatever you're doing. You right. can get a cough and you can be annoyed and you can still do that. Yeah. So those are just nice ground and take. And drinking water, like I literally about to drink my water. Drinking water, believe it or not, it re, you know, it refreshes and reinvigorates your cells, which lets your body know you know, we're ready to deal with whatever. Because we put our bodies through a lot. Yeah. Speaking of water, two-part question. Warm water or cold water or neutralized water or alkaline water? Mm. So my son is 15. He's never drank anything other than milk and water. No soda? No juice? No soda. No No tea? He won't drink nothing. He'll try. No, he don't. He hates tea. He may try wow. hot chocolate. Um, if you pressure him and you know he feels like, hey, okay, he'll try hot chocolate. Um, he used to drink Ovaltine. Um, my aunties would make him Ovaltine when okay. he was much younger. Um, so he would drink the Ovaltine. He didn't have a choice. My auntie said, "Drink something, you better drink it." Um, so he would he would drink the Ovaltine. But other than that, my sister tried to trick him one time. He was a baby with Sprite. She put the Sprite in the cup. She was like, "I'm gonna see." And he was nowhere around when she did it. But she put the Sprite in the cup and she was like, AJ, come get your water. So he looked at her. I don't know what it was about, about it. It was in a sippy cup. Yeah. He looked at her. He looked at the sippy cup. He looked at her. He looked at the sippy cup. He opened.
open the sippy cup and smell this. Say, mm-mm, Auntie Faith, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he would not drink from her for years. Wow. He, he didn't trust her? Trust oh, he just, man. No, his intuition told him, no good. You got to check that. And I was so astonished. <laughs> and so, if you see my house, I have two cases of water on the floor, about 10 bottles on the table. Because I drink alkaline pH water. Yeah. Sometimes I get it from my natural health food stores. Sometimes I buy it. I may drink life water or you know some other kind of water. Um, Poland Spring, which is what I have in my hand, it's a water from New Jersey that I'm in Georgia. I don't find often. So when I find it, I buy all of them. Like I'll buy 20, 30 of them for a dollar pop and leave it in the house. Yeah. I don't drink cold water because it's, it's not good for my inside. It shuts down my organ. My organ systems don't do well with it. Okay. I drink room temperature water and I don't put ice in it. Um, if I drink hot water, it's in the morning. I put lemon and I put um, sea salt. It helps to your digestive system to get rid of anything that was still stuck in here from the night before. And it helps to flush it out. So that's kind of my water routine. Yeah. And I don't drink alkaline water. One thing people don't understand is alkaline water is not meant to be drank every single day, all day. You have to drink it, stop, drink it, stop. Why? Because the it can throw your pH off. So like I, when I tell people this, they don't believe me. I don't wear deodorant. I haven't worn deodorant in years because my pH is balanced. Okay. Even when I go to the gym. But if you're not, everybody can do that. A girlfriend, she drinks alkaline water, and she just says, "I guess her body is just high acidic, and so she, you know, she needs to wear deodorant." But I don't ever have to wear deodorant, whether I'm running or not. It just once I my pH. If 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 I start to realize I need to wear deodorant, my pH is off, and that wow. means I need to do more work because my digestive system is off too, mm. because they all go together. I so got to hear. I, I try not to eat red meat other than oxtails. I don't know what is it about oxtail. It seduces me. And if I see it, I just got to eat it. It's just, I don't know. That's, that's Jamaican that's, food that's for weakness. you. Oxtails and chicken wings <laughs> are my weakness, okay? Because I do 80-20. I do 80% um, seafood, fish, stuff like that, and 20% yeah. chicken. Um, turkey once in a while. But oxtails, y'all, you want to get get me, make me some spicy oxtails, whether it's Jamaican style, Cuban yep. style. I don't care what style you make it, I'm eating it. <laughs> it's just so good, good to me. Wow. But other than that, yeah, I don't really eat. I don't eat red meat. I don't eat pork. I don't eat beef. I don't, you know, I don't, because it, 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 it messes my pH up. And I kind of like the way my body flows now. I take my vitamins. I take echinacea. I take zinc. I take vitamin C. I take vitamin B complex. Um, sometimes I do sea moss. Um, what else do I take? And because my family has a track record of diabetes really fast, really badly, my grandfather died from it. I take chromium picolate, which is like, um, it helps you manage your blood sugars. And then I do Swedish bitters. Ooh, so nasty, but it's so good for me. It helps the blood sugar to manage out. Where can people and get I, this stuff? Huh? Where can people get this stuff? I go to um, go to your look up natural health, and I'm not talking about GNC people, okay? Not GNC. Not saying GNC is bad, but go to your natural health food stores. Every city state has health food stores. Those are like your little mom and pop shops. Some of them, some of them may have three or four locations. But the people that own the stores are so knowledgeable that you can go in there and say, hey, listen, I'm having digestive issues or I get headaches all the time or my hair is falling out. They will have some stuff that you can take that will help a lot with okay. that. Um, yeah, I also go to a chiropractor. 
like you know this when i tell people that i'm a therapist but i have my own own healing team yeah they're like shocked but i do i go to a chiropractor which i need to make an appointment for i haven't seen him since before i got sick um and i got to go to a chiropractor and people don't know when you're in alignment like your back is in alignment your body's in alignment your blood flows better you think better and you can make better decisions my chiropractor recommended I see a massage therapist because I'm in a high stress profession in counselor. Mm. And so I see my massage therapist like once a month and she helps to keep me in alignment with the chiropractor. Oh, so it's a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction. And those are not expensive services. My chiropractor is forty dollars um for like I go see him like maybe twice a month and most people only have to go but so often i go because of the fact that you know i have had some injuries and you know some other issues so he helps so then i had lower back problems okay. so he keeps me in alignment and he gives me exercises to do and my massage therapist is once a month or once every two months just really depending on my time and my schedule okay so you, you need those natural things um to add into your diet and you know, I make sure I have as much greenery in my diet as I possibly can, whether that's through a smoothie or through fruits or through, you know what I'm saying, as, as the side of my plate. But yeah. those are the things that keep you energized. I can always tell when something's off with my digestive systems, I have a lot of digestive issues, is when I'm sluggish. Oh. If I'm sluggish and I'm tired and I'm kind of dragging up, something wrong i need to you know figure out what my balance is so i make sure i eat like right before we got on i had to hurry up and eat because i ate at nine o'clock this morning so i eat like every three to four hours small meal so i had like a small meal and i probably won't eat another one again until maybe like around maybe four or five you okay. know what i mean and i stopped eating by nine o'clock because i'm in bed by 11 30. right i got yeah. to hear that when you drink water i think warm water or just room temperature water first thing when you wake up in the morning like you said it kind of does a reset for you and it ah. and it builds your metabolism in a way that you think that oh i did this no the water actually gave you that because <laughs> <laughs> it's true right because we are we so egotistical yeah i did that no the body did that you just did what you were supposed to do exactly. so it can do its job right because it, it keeps you running right so it's water because I find that certain parts of the house are cooler mm. so what would be considered room temperature water or warm water is different but I won't drink cold water as tasty as cold water is oh my god cold water is like the ultimate the ultimate aphrodisiac especially you come outside from the heat and you drink some cold water and you feel that thing going down your body it instantly makes you feel good yeah but for me it causes way more problem than it's worth so I just keep my water in a cool place and now I drink room temperature water. And you know, for me, I, I, I have water in my office. Um, I have water in my bedroom because like you said, it's the best thing to drink in the morning when you first wake up. If I don't come downstairs to make tea, I'll drink my warm water as I do my meditation and get ready for my day. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that, it's really, really helpful. That means that you wouldn't really enjoy living in a hot area. Because if you have to drink cold water to nourish yourself, <laughs> you know, and you don't want to, then you might be stuck. A room temperature in a hot area is not going to be the same, right? It's exactly. not going to be the same at all. You know, I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm used to cold. Um, and so 
you know, room temperature for us is not quite the same as room temperature in the Bahamas, right? Right. Or in Bermuda, it is not the same. So I think that um, when we look at what room temperature looks like, it's that type of thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So definitely speaking of all these countries and amazing foods what would you say you're most passionate about being of service just being a service to people is um it is a passion of mine um i believe we, we should live our life in service to others because it's the gift that we receive from you know from our god from your you know whoever your whatever you believe in i believe that's the gift um, i often tell my son um when i'm trying to motivate him i say to him i said your life is god's gift to you or your provider's gift to you what you do with it is your gift to your provider and so you you need to think about what can you do that leaves a living legacy people who leave a legacy are normally in gift in in service to other people yeah right we remember the things that people made us feel when somebody passes what's the first thing you think about you don't go reaching for something they bought you because that's going to fade but you reach for the emotion that connected you to them, whether that was negative or positive. You remember how they made you feel. And if they made you feel terribly, you kind of remember that too, right? Mm. And and you either don't attach to it, you don't care. Yeah. But if they made you feel good, that's why so many people were hurt when Kobe Bryant was when Kobe Bryant died. Number one, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, the 18 year olds who say you're old when you're 30, right? You, 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 they were able to connect with their own immortality because this man died, what was he, 42? I don't even think he was 43, I'm not even sure. But you you connect to your mortality, all of a sudden you realize, do you really have that long to live? You know, a hundred years seemed like a long time to live, you know, if you get there, right? Some people are dying in their 50s and in their 40s and their 30s, you know, people are not living necessarily to what we consider a long time. And so when you have to find something to do with your life, let it be something that is of service. I'm not saying you're not to enjoy your life, don't make all the money you want, do all of that. But always give in service. Don't be so quick to take, you know, from other people. Be be quick to give because you will receive. The yeah. blessing is in the giving. You know what I'm saying? The blessing is in helping somebody else out. Um, and for me, that's, that's, that's my passion, whether I'm teaching, I'm educating, I'm training, I'm counseling. All of the jobs that I've ever had, my career, my entrepreneurial ventures have always been in service to other people. And I have to say that I've been very fortunate. I don't have regrets um, in the path I've chosen. I've done really great things. I've been to a lot of different countries. I've traveled, I've studied abroad. I, you know, I've, I've had really great experiences just being of service to other people. So I would advocate for that. I would say that's my greatest passion. Nice. Helping other people. Yeah, helping people is such a therapeutic way also seeing someone else happy and seeing that you are part of their life decision that they said, okay, because of you, I can do this. That makes you feel more in touch with your humanity because people think about material stuff. I, yeah, I can buy you this, but if I can uh-huh. touch your heart and make you feel better then you know that I'm supposed to be here for a reason. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that um, I always tell people this and I mean it with all my heart. 
if I give you my time, understand it's way more valuable to give you my dollars because I'm going to make the dollars. They're going to come. I don't have a problem making money, but I have a problem with keeping up with time. You know what right. I mean? Like I can't ever give back the hour, the 15 minutes that I give you. So if I give it to you, it counts, it matters. And yeah. that's what I think people need to start looking at. Paying your most valuable self in time to others is way valuable than getting money. We tend to think, oh, they give me 50,000, 10,000 or whatever. That doesn't matter. I remember reading my George Clooney. I think he had one time given 10 of his friends, what was it, a million dollars or something like that? Yeah. And yeah, for George Clooney, that's nothing, right? But if he had given you some time or he helped you do something, that's something that you will always remember. Think about the time you spent with grandparents or family members that meant a lot to you when they no longer here. You play back that time and it makes you feel good. Correct. Correct. Definitely. You need to come back on this station again and <laughs> and give some people some pep talk. We can do it again. I'm definitely down. You know, I love to share my wisdom. I like to hear about other people's wisdom. And I just really like to help people to see that it's never as bad as we think. In the moment, it seems like, oh my God, the worst thing ever has happened. <laughs> right. Me. But then when you start to think about it, you know, I know we're about to run out of time, but I just want to tell somebody, somebody's listening, this is for you. Um, a couple of months ago, I was buying my house and um, I was still working on my business plan. I wasn't really sure where I was going with my business and stuff like that. And I had not, you know, had my therapist is black yet i had not um fully dedicated to my private practice so i was going to look for a job and the funny thing about me looking for a job god always knocks me back to say this is not for you so i looked for this job i got this job i was excited the money was great and then i spent 10 hours trying to figure out how to do this job because the company was really backwards mm-hmm. and they were not using a system and fast forward to the other day, I was on the phone with a with a new associate and we were talking about how we were gonna collaborate and work together. And then she was like, oh yeah, I have this day free because the place I used to work for closed down. So I was like, oh, where did you used to work? And she tells me the name and guess what? It was the place where I took the job. And guess how they did it? They told the people on a day of that they were letting them go. Not wow. two weeks. Not a month. As of today at 9 a.m., you are laid off indefinitely. That's terrible. But that goes to show you sometimes it's best to let the disappointment be because that disappointment is a setup for your return. Let that setback be your setup for your next go round. Exactly. That's just my message to somebody listening today. So everything not for you. That husband, let him go. That wife, let her go. That boyfriend, that girlfriend, let them go. That job, that opportunity, that house, let it go. It's okay. You'll get something better. That's how I look at it. Exactly. Thank you so much for this. I'm going to call this the therapy session. You have such a you, you ever thought about becoming a therapist yourself or, or or a mental health coach or something? You have a warming personality that makes people feel comfortable to talk. And that's what people need. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. Definitely. Is, definitely where would you want people to reach you out? Because I know you said my therapist is black. If somebody wants to reach out to you directly, what's the best mode of communication for you? 
for me, Instagram, go to um, my Instagram page, which is um, counseling underscore diva at Instagram or my underscore therapist is black or my first and last name dot com. So Iyebrandy.com, I-Y-E-A-B-R-A-N-D-Y.com. All of those will get you um, out. I answer emails. You can schedule a complimentary support session for 15 minutes, help you with something quick and short, give you a win. So, yeah, and I, I have small opening for clients. Small, not a lot of clients. <laughs> exactly. Like, you better get it before it runs out. <laughs> you better get it before it runs out because when it closes, it closes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining the playroom. And you are so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. And definitely after this, I'll reach out to you so that I can send you a, an amazing care package just for being here. Oh my God. See, who, everybody, I care for everybody. It's nice to know somebody going to care for me. Thank you so much, Favorite. You have a wonderful day. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful one, too. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. That was beautiful. That was really beautiful. Everybody, go get yourself a therapy session. Isn't she wonderful? Just amazing. Just listen, take notes, read back, and feel good. When you do those things, it helps you feel better and have a wonderful life. I don't think I have anything else to say other than rate this podcast.com forward slash we don't play. Check playing.online. This week is going to be amazing. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. We're starting on a very high note, so take care of yourselves. I know it's a long episode, but definitely play it back because these are things that you definitely are going to use for your life. So take care. God bless. And we out. Peace.